Campfire. Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. Before we get started, I'd like to take a moment and remind our listeners of our Patreon. It's there where you will find behind-the-scenes and bonus content, including several weekly segments, for those of you that just want more. You can find all that at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. In addition to all the bonus content, you will get discount codes to use in our merch store. A link for that can also be found in our link tree or in the episode description. Now, on to today's guest. Today we are joined by our friend and Bigfoot researcher in the community, Luke Boyer where he tells us about the exciting and sometimes discouraging work that goes into Bigfoot research. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, Luke, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you know, I'm happy to happy we were finally able to get this meeting set up. I know that uh, we've been kind of talking back and forth for a couple of weeks, so I appreciate uh, you bearing with us and yeah, obviously we've been pretty busy over here too. Uh, we've got a lot, uh, a lot in the works, and um, you're doing other fireside chats. So yeah, I appreciate you being flexible, of course. Yeah, no problem. It's it's a blast uh, getting to talk to some fellow Hoosiers, and uh, always love talking about Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, just uh, yeah, if you don't mind, kind of introducing yourself for the listeners. Um, you know, obviously who you are, how long you've uh, been in the game, um, and more so kind of, you know, your imprint on the community. Yeah. Um, so my name's Luke and I am a, a researcher. I'm into Bigfoot. I go out uh, looking at multiple areas and see what I can find and what kind of experiences I've had. I started in 2015 was the first time that I went out with the intention of looking for Bigfoot. And at the time, I did not expect Bigfoot to be in Indiana. So I went in thinking that Bigfoot did exist, but I didn't think that they were here. Right. I had been, you know, I grew up here my whole life. And had been out in the woods multiple times, multiple places, camped, uh, hiked, all sorts of things. Uh, and just kept hearing stories about them being in our state. And I thought that if they're really out here, then like I should just verify because, you know, I live here and I have an interest. Uh, Bigfoot is something that I've followed kind of ever since I was in elementary school checking out books in the library. Right. Uh, that, was, that was that was kind of my start. Was I scoured every single library I could and just read up everything I could. And I started listening to podcasts and hearing stories from all over the country. And, you know, gradually started hearing ones about Indiana. I just thought, nah, they're crazy. They're crazy. And then I kept hearing more and more and just thought, Okay, this many people. Let's let's see, because if they're here, like I ought to, I ought to be able to find something. Uh, and so that's when I started. in 2015 was I set out with a, a coworker. We went out for the first time down. We picked a just a random park in southern Indiana and just poked around. And honestly, was pretty disappointed. Uh, we, yeah. we found a a couple of potential maybes, but nothing that sold us on the idea that they were here. So, but it was, it was enough that we decided, well, we'll look again, we'll try another area because, you know, maybe we just got it wrong or who knows. So that was, that was my first time. Awesome. I know like when you think of Indiana, you don't really think of Bigfoot, you know, you know, being here, right. Um, you know, Indiana's, reasonably flat <laughs> to say the yeah, least yeah. 
Right, and that was that was part of my hangout, you know, is cornfields. Yeah. Everywhere. You know, there's there's very few patches of woods that you can't see through. Uh, especially growing up in central Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our impression. Um, but it turns out, you know, the southern half of the state is a whole different beast from central Indiana. Oh, that's that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, the chances I've gotten to go kind of further south, yeah, it's it's almost like a whole different area, you know, like almost a different state altogether. Right. Yeah, when you, you look on, like, Google Maps and see how much is actually wooded, somebody who is, like, a, an avid woodsman would have no problem walking from the eastern to the western half of the state and not ever be seen, you know? There are lots of towns, you know, hidden in be- in between these forests, but the whole southern half of Indiana is pretty wooded. You know, there there are towns, there are cornfields, but somebody who knows what they're doing, they can walk through, no problem. They'd never be seen. Um, you know, and if you re- remove the requirement of like needing fire or shelter, you know, something never be found. If they didn't want to be, if it was as intelligent as a person right? Uh, with all those skills you know and just remove our requirements uh, for modern life you know then it'd do a pretty good job yeah oh. I mean, it's a, yeah it's, it, it is like I said a, a bit surprising I mean you know I'm I'm here and you're you know, roughly you know, kind of similar area um, yeah, I mean, all all you think of when you think of this area is just cornfields and, um, you yeah. know, just not a whole lot going on. So it's just surprising to really, yeah. really think about it like that. Right. That, that was definitely one of my hangouts uh, when I first started. And getting out and actually having boots on the ground really changes your perspective. Uh, it's a lot easier to get lost down in southern Indiana than what you would expect we have this notion that everything is pretty well explored you know in this modern day age and right that we've got everything documented and move these trails but i mean every summer you hear about people getting lost in the woods and they're not just people who have never been out they're just people who took the woods for granted yeah uh, even even in our state you know yeah that's fair so, now, so you've been, you've been, uh, I guess you've been doing this since 2015. Uh, you said is yep. kind of your yep. first, uh, just getting out, getting started. Um, I guess at this point, uh, how how frequently are you going out and searching? Once a month is, is my goal. Okay. Um, sometimes it's more. Um, it slows down a lot in the winter. I'm not out so much. You know, right. Like of course. Like kind of time. Um, but if, if we get some nice weather and get some time, you know, I, I think well, I've got small kids. I, I think you've got, I think I've heard you talk about Jordan. Jordan has kids. I, uh, yeah, I'm not currently in that boat. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. They, they eat up a lot of your time. Right. So it makes it difficult. Um, but when I can, I, I try and get out and, you know, it, unfortunately being in central Indiana, there's not much, it's close by yeah. so everything's going to be like an hour and a half at least uh drive yeah that's i mean even you know even from like this area you know even just like going past indianapolis is going to be at least an hour to two hours right uh um, yeah you know so i yeah i can i can definitely you, you would have to basically make an either an entire day or an entire weekend of it or just at least a lot like quite a bit of time for it for sure right right yeah yeah there there are reports of people who say that they see them kind of in central indiana or or northern indiana i i'm not sure about that yeah i I never want to (laughs) say no it's impossible yeah Uh, of course the habitat's really really not not there like i said the most patches of woods around here you can you can see through them so um it gets a little different kind of in the fall with all the cornfields. There are stories about them going through cornfields, and I was I was gonna corn, say, yeah, mm-hmm. the corn is high. You know, it it is certainly feasible for something to to move through the majority of this this area of the state. 
and just not be seen because the corn gets tall. Uh, but as for consistent, you know, duration, I I wouldn't think so. But I I've been wrong before. Yeah. So which, which is something that is pretty common, I guess, humbling in this this field. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's something can kind of change your mind like that, and you know, which is good. Yeah. Yep, there's been lots of ideas that you go in thinking, and after experiences, you realize, well, maybe you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So, you're constantly readjusting. Uh, I would I would say I am one of those people who are fairly firmly in the flesh and blood camp, um, which is a pretty big divisive point. Okay. Um, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things is I have a, a pretty strong history in science and wildlife biology. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of my, my college education was in both of those fields. Okay, and yeah. So I, I have a, a strong familiarity with a lot of our native wildlife and their behaviors. And one thing I, I constantly fall back on is I'm not going to use an extraordinary explanation for an ordinary phenomenon. And... That's, a lot of our normal, <laughs> normal, normal, everyday animals do some pretty crazy things. So, you know, you, you just never really know. So you don't uh, buy into, obviously, kind of more of, I guess, the paranormal end of it. I'm a strong believer in the paranormal. And I, I think people do experience a lot of that stuff out there. Uh, but I don't know that there's a, a connection between the two topics. So, like, um, them being able to disappear into thin air and, you know, things like right. that and basically show up without a trace. Like, you know, like right. little little, little things like that. That doesn't uh, sway you in that opposite direction there? You know, I have not experienced any of that myself. Okay. I have experienced uh, everyday ordinary animals seemingly dissing and disappearing. Right, that's fair. You know, they're, they're fantastic at hiding and yeah. they know that habitat they're there day after day you know they know the best escape routes and they know how to use that habitat to their advantage you know oh, we're yeah. often just visitors they've been able to fully adapt you know right. so that that definitely makes a difference right yeah right. you know I, I think stuff like that does happen and the possibilities are that I could be very wrong mm-hmm. and that Bigfoot is phasing through portals or going See, invisible. I like uh, to I like it, to kind of think of uh, you know think like that, um, but of course like you know, I'm a sucker for some strange things and you know like time slips and rifts and stuff. So yeah, I I have actually experienced something along that route. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's a side sidetrack from Bigfoot. Um, hey, we're here for it. <laughs> I had a, a a missing distance experience. A lot of people have missing time. Right. I did not have any missing time, but I was somewhere completely different from where I had been. Um, I was driving but in college. We were coming from uh, Iowa, and we had just crossed over into you know, the Indiana state line when we were coming up on our exit sign said next exit was with Evansville mm-hmm. as where I was going to college at the time. And so it was, uh, I think like two to three miles ahead. So at the time we had seen a, a strange light up in the sky and it was moving back and forth across the highway. And we were watching this thing like that's, that's not a plane. It, it's going back and forth. Um, it's awful high up there. It doesn't seem to be a helicopter. This is like 11, 11 o'clock at night. And so we're watching this thing and we're waiting for our exit. Five, ten minutes go by. And we see an exit. We take the exit. And suddenly we're in Santa Claus, Indiana. And not Evansville. Huh. So we were very, very perplexed. Um, yeah, it was me, me and a, a friend at the time. So there's two of us, and we turned around and drove the whole 40, 50 minutes back uh, that we had traveled in 
you know, in the course of less than 10 minutes. And drove back, got on the exit to Evansville, and made it this time. It was a, a very strange strange experience. I don't know where to where to put that. Yeah, that's that's really really odd. I mean trying to rationalize it possibly, but you know, it, it's it yeah. is kinda hard to do. You know, especially like something yeah. that you're very familiar with or like knowing where you're going, right? Um right. You know, being able to be that almost like like swept off path that much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't it almost would have been easier if we had missing time because it's such a common thing and you know there was a, a, a light in the sky so just check that in the UFO category <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't know what to do with that um, you know and that's something that you hear about people experience out in the woods you know, mm-hmm. sometimes people attribute that to Bigfoot or aliens or uh, the Fae uh, right. you know there's lots of explanations and not very many answers. Yeah, that seems to be uh, you know that seems to be the general thing, right? Right, right. That's just our yeah. our world here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know people like their paradigms. We like to have our own little boxes, and that when we come across something, we can just stick it in that box and go about our day. But, right. Yep. You give it. Uh, give it some explanation or some reasoning that seems semi-reasonable versus right. something that's yeah. just kind of off the wall and, you know, no way to really explain. Right. Yep. When something challenges our paradigm, people just don't know what to do with that. So, yeah. Bigfoot is one of those things that challenges a lot of paradigms. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Strange things happen in the woods. That's something we can mostly agree upon what the cause is i don't know we're just taking it day by day (laughs) so tell me about some of your notable uh experiences um you know times that times that you've been out uh like researching or you know searching uh rather um but some of the more notable times that you've had either sounds or anything you've seen or experienced yeah, um, I have not seen a Bigfoot that I can 100% say that, you know, that's a Bigfoot. I would love to, to have that experience where one walks out clear middle of the day, you know, and got him dead to rights light in my eyesight and just just know that that's what it is. Uh, I have seen a lot of things moving and had uh, strange occurrences. Okay. Um I've been with friends when they had the sighting, and I missed it. So they have actually seen. Okay. Yep. That's awesome. So, uh, we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. But the, All right. The first time that I really knew that they were here was the second time I went out. Um, you know, the first time I went with a co-worker, the second time he wasn't able to get out. So I went out by myself, and started walking up this hill and was just started seeing stick structures which you know majority of them individually could be deadfall mm-hmm. it's something that I have noticed like I'm a, a staunch believer in stick structures but an individual stick structure by itself doesn't mean a whole lot right you know sticks fall in unusual ways weather is weird uh what happens though is you'll get out and you'll find one and if you look around and you'll find another one and you'll find another one uh, there ended up being I think 13 or 14 of these things all in the same area wow. and all seemingly pointing up this hill you know I think once is an occurrence twice is a coincidence three times is a pattern yeah yeah without a doubt once you start having structure after structure you know, see where they're going, following them. And nine times out of ten, when we do that, we find some of the more elaborate structures, and we start to have experiences. Uh, and on this day, I found some very interesting structures. I uh, found what potentially could have been an old track. Um, 
a lot of tracks are just kind of impressions. Mm -hmm. They're not good enough to cast. They just have a, a general shape. And if you're lucky, there might be two or three of them kind of in a row. Uh, that leads a little more credence to them. Uh, but again, similar with uh, stick structures. Yeah. If there's just one, I'm not gonna not gonna put a whole lot of stock into it. It's just the the preponderance when you have multiple things that all add up. So I had followed these things, went down a ridge, up onto another, um, down another, and it was getting kind of midday. So I just took a break and sat down inside this hill and was relaxing. Uh, was eating some snacks I'd brought with me and kind of closed my eyes and I thought, man, this is this is really peaceful. I could take a nap and <laughs> I just love being out here. I was very relaxed. Yeah. And out of nowhere, my body just responded to some sort of disturbance. Uh, I shot up, started spinning around like there had been a gunshot over the back of my head. Uh, I was suddenly on edge and felt very much like something was there. Um, I started spinning around, looking, and I started to calm down. I'm like, "What? why am I reacting this way? Because I didn't hear anything. I don't see anything. Nothing's changed. Just like that intuition or... Yeah, it just went from zero to 100 out of nowhere. I still have no idea why I reacted that way. Well, I've not had a reaction quite like that since um, but I've definitely had, had feelings when being out uh, but just completely on alert don't know what happened but it kind of changed the tone for the rest of the day I continued on and went up to this next ridge and it just kind of had this weird feeling to it when I was walking up to it uh, I, I pulled out my camera, I'm recording, and in this video, you can hear me essentially talking myself into keep going. Um, <laughs> it just feels different. Right. And I don't have another explanation for that. It just, I was on edge, and it looked like a, a squatchy area. And so I, I'm walking through, and I actually came up on a tree that I think was shredded by a cougar. Um, it had claw marks taller than I was oh, wow. going all down. It was shreds of bits. Um, you know, we, we do have cougar in Indiana. That would already be off-putting right there. Right. So I was, again, I wasn't sure what to make of that. It mm -hmm. wasn't until later that I you know, compared it with things and that I kind of came to that conclusion. But yeah. I, I walked through this area. I got through on the other side, and I got a, a whoop from the top of this hill and I decided that I was done <laughs> so I, I, I turned around and I, I left um, you didn't want to you didn't want to you know see where that came from at all dive into a little bit more yeah it was you know my nerves just kind of rose to a point that they were just done for the day yeah no you know there's it's easy you know, looking back now, it's like, man, I wish I just would have pushed on a little bit further. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. But, you know, you're in that moment, and you're just like, man. Man, I just, I'm by myself. I, you know, you just gotta, you gotta listen. See, that's, that's the tough part, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I try not to go out by myself. Um a lot because of that incident because you know there's lots of things out there you never know what's gonna happen or you know you're not you don't have anybody there with you just you know just in case yeah. so right. yeah i get yeah, it yeah i was <laughs> you know cougars and rattlesnakes i had a big big scare with a, a ginormous rattlesnake last year oh no uh yeah it was she was as big as my forearm is good lord uh, I was going down a hill. Yeah, I was uh, with my coworker again, which seemed to have had quite a few experiences with him. I'm not sure if he's my lucky or unlucky uh, <laughs> charm, but yeah, we were going down a hill. So you're you're moving faster going down yeah. the hill. Uh, I got within three feet of this thing. 
before it rattled. I was one step away from being on top of it. And it rattled, and I screamed, and I jumped back, and it just kind of coiled up. It was moving away from us, but I was just moving faster than it was. So it it told me to back off, but we had been walking for about two hours at that point. So if, if I had taken one more step and gotten hit, it would have not been a fun experience. Yeah, yeah, luckily you you know, noticed it. That could have been bad. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, one of my favorite experiences uh, was with the same guy. We had been walking on a, an older logging road. Okay. Um, good. I think we had been out for about two and a half hours at this point. And we come across this, again, a, a little impression in the path. So I'd been down and I start taking a, a video of it. And 30 feet from us, something jumps up and takes three either steps or bounds and boom, 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 and stops. Uh, We didn't catch sight of it. We didn't see it. Mm -hmm. uh, But not very very many things do that. Uh, Most animals, like if you jump a deer, it's going to either snort or it's just going to run off, tail up, and it's going to keep going. Uh, Most things don't stop but we push forward start going towards it and it does the exact same thing again it takes three more steps boom 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 this time we did catch a glimpse uh we just saw fur it was moving real quick um it was something larger than a coyote uh but it wasn't huge mm-hmm. uh, it just saw kind of a brownish color motion we both saw it it takes three more steps, it stops, and we again push forward. We get to round about where it was, and I hear something cross over behind us, uh, across that little logging path. Mm-hmm. And it proceeds... Okay. If the experience had stopped right there, we would have said, well, maybe it's just a, a young deer or a cougar or something. Right. Uh, but at this point, it starts to knock on a tree right behind us. So we spin around. We spin around towards it, and we get another knock behind us, uh, which had been the direction we were facing. So we start getting these knocks going back and forth on both sides of us. Um, we split up a little bit. We're, we're still in visual range of each other, but we're trying to get different vantage points to try and see this thing and as he starts to move away from me he gets a a huff something huffs at him and we we both hear this we start moving towards that and it stops knocking the one behind us still keeps knocking and this went on for about five minutes that we got this knocks back and forth and we were just hanging out and eventually it just stopped um you know and then we we moved on uh, that was the experience that made me start bringing an audio recorder with me yeah oh yeah without a doubt man we we had the video and you can almost kind of hear it but an audio recorder would have been a lot better yeah so that was the immediate purchase right after that that would have been a that would have been a really cool really cool experience i think you know, just that's just crazy. Yeah, we we have had a couple knocks in our time, and uh, we usually don't knock back. Uh, sometimes we'll we'll do a little bit of tapping or just make some some quiet noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we've had some luck with that. Uh, I was out with another guy, and we had heard kind of like some rock clacking down this valley, and so we. We did it back, and we hunkered down, and whatever it was started moving towards us. <laughs> and so it, it's clacking, and it's getting louder and louder until it gets right to the, the crest of the hill, and it stops. And it doesn't do it anymore. It got just to the point where it could look over and spot it. And see it, right. And that was it. Yeah, that was it. So, you know, experiences like that, you know, what else is out there knocking on trees or, or knocking on wood? rocks 
Right, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things that I know of that, uh, you know, they just do that, right? Right, right. So, especially here in Indiana, there's bobcats, cougars, and coyotes and deer, and that's that's about right. it for your, your large animal. So, yeah, we, we've caught a few of those. Um, we eventually met up with a guy who has been doing this for about 40-ish years. His oh, name wow. is uh, Jay, Jay Stewart. Uh, he's He had a, a website called Indiana Bigfoot. I'm not sure if the website's still up or not, but yeah, he's, he's been a great resource. Um, he had a, an area that he took us out to where he had had some, some gifting going on. Um, and he was able to get back there routinely. Gifting isn't something that I've been able to explore because of the infrequency of me being able to get out. Right. And sometimes yeah. it'll be it'll be like two months in between, and you know a whole lot can happen in two months. Yeah, yeah, and that's something you also have to be able to kind of check periodically too, and stay on top of. Right. Right. So he's he's had some pretty neat things. Like uh, he's had stuffed animals disappear and reappear over a year later. Um, he had uh, clamshells set out and he would leave like marbles and things and uh, sometimes they'll disappear and come back or they'll, they'll be like fossils that'll appear inside of them. Uh, one time he had a, a gray tree frog that had been trapped in between and had died in between the two shells. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's like they're, they're closed up now so it's a frog couldn't have climbed in it's something placed that in yeah um, but uh, one of the audio files I sent was I was with him and uh, another friend this is uh, Jay and Brian's encounter uh, and we had walked we had walked back to his gifting area and we had gone back there multiple times and we always go back there together and we always leave together and this time we did something different and they were, we had all three walked back in there. And my wife had actually called and said she was coming to the campground and we were going to we gonna do some camping at a, a campground nearby. And so I was going to have to go out and meet her at the gate. Mm-hmm. So I set up an audio recorder and then I start to walk out. And when I get just out of their sight, they both turn around and they see one walk right across the pass, uh, literally 10 feet away from where I placed the audio recorder. Wow. And so they saw it, and I have their encounter and their reaction to seeing it on audio. And in the audio, uh, what you hear is basically just kind of it shuffling through the leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes very, very quick steps. Um, but there's also a blue jay that is following this thing. And it's making calls and going along you hear it get louder and louder and then you start hearing the, the leaves shuffle yeah um, as it goes right past the audio recorder and a little bit later they see it and my friend Jay he does a, a whoop at it so you'll hear like a, a whoop in the audio that's him seeing it and whooping at it uh, but you can actually hear kind of the, the shuffling as it goes by so it's one of our favorites because I have their encounter on audio. I had just missed it. Yeah, that's that's a bummer though. Yeah, I, I was right there. So outside of that encounter, uh, have you had any 
any others that have been you know specifically notable i know you had sent us you know a couple different audio files um right can briefly explain some of the you know some of the encounters yeah uh last year i was in that same area um and i went out there by myself and kind of sat down when i got back there and was just hanging out just seeing what would happen and I, at one point, I did look over, and there was a, a dark shadow uh, hanging behind some trees. It was a clear, sunny day. Uh, wasn't any wind, but it was just a really big dark spot. And it, it was a shadow. It wasn't like an actual creature. But I, I saw the shadow sitting there. And I thought, well, that's that's a little dark and kind of mysterious. But I'll I'll just keep an eye on it. It's, it could be anything. Right. So I'm looking at it looking at it no change i'll look away look back nothing uh, about five minutes later i look back up and it's gone of course this is an area where they my friends have seen it multiple times uh i'm just just getting so close you'll get yours for sure just a matter of time yeah you know and i guess this is a, an interesting antidote um i had walked back out uh, to this area one time and I had my phone in my hand had like the camera app open uh, but the screen had gone dark and I was just I was walking I was by myself and I was like alright something happens if I see you know an animal a deer or whatever I'll, I'll be ready I'll just flick it open I'll, I'll record it and I'll, I'll get it right well I'm walking back and a mink runs out and it starts running towards me I'm like oh cool so I unlock it, hit record, and in the time that it took me to do that and for it to actually start recording, this mink had come from probably 30 yards, run within to a foot of me. I could have reached down and pet this thing. Wow. And then went back in the woods, and I didn't get a lick of it on, on film at all. I was so, so annoyed. Yeah, I and bet. So I'm, I'm, I'm recording, and I'm narrating what had just happened. I was like, this mink came out. I didn't get any of it on film. I was ready to get something like this on film. And it happened, and it just, the technology didn't respond fast enough. And as I'm narrating, it comes back out a second time. And it, it's, it's chasing a little rabbit. And the little rabbit runs out, and he comes out following it. And again, they, they run right by me and off into the woods. And I got that on camera. Awesome. And the second time it came out. Uh, but that's one of those things that, like, even if you're ready, like, a lot of these wildlife encounters, they just happen so fast. Yeah. Sounds like you just need to keep the camera running the whole time. Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's that's why I got the audio recorder, is it starts recording as soon as I start the hike, and, you know, a lot of times nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're just out for a nice, nice day, get some exercise, and that's a win. Uh, but when things do happen... Sometimes you get it on audio. Yeah, you're is, ready for it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and that's that second audio. Uh, happened actually about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, me and some friends were back behind a, a graveyard is where we had parked, and we had walked in uh, about 45 minutes past this. And we were walking, and we had found two impressions in the ground that could be tracks uh, but they were kind of close together and about five feet apart uh, you know we got got measurements we got some pictures of that and we found a, a structure or two but then we continue on kind of in the direction that everything's leading us and we get to this area that kind of had a, a different vibe again and We've had that a few times. You'll walk into an area and it just feels like you're being watched. Right. Is essentially what it is. Um, and it just comes on you really fast. So you, you just know when it happens. And it's definitely an experience a lot of people are familiar with, uh, especially if you're out in the woods a lot. Uh, it'd be a deer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you get out there and you listen to those, those feelings. And so we, we came into this area and we're probably about 20 feet apart from each other. Uh, I walk into this area, I feel it first, and then they step into it and they get the exact same feeling. 
And as soon as they kind of come into this area, we get a big knock to our left. And we both, we all turned and we looked in that area. Uh, they said that they had a, a rock thrown at them. I didn't hear it. I didn't, I didn't see the rock, but uh, they said they had one land at their feet. Uh, as soon as that happened, we got another knot that was in front of us, a couple of them. And those two went back and forth uh, twice with, with the knocks in front and then to our left. And then we got a knock over to our right uh, just one time. And then the one on the left stopped and the one in the front of us knocked a few more times. And then it started getting further and further away. The knock got quieter uh, up until a point where I reckon it came into a mess of crows or something because a whole bunch of crows just started going off. Oh, wow. And right wherever it had walked towards. Uh, and it, it quit knocking, but they were going off uh, multiple times. And that's something that we've noticed. That we've heard accounts from other people, and we've seen uh, whenever we start getting activity, uh, a lot of times there'll be like crows or blue jays that will be following these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving them away. Uh, not always, but a lot of times if there's activity there and we hear them, then that's just another, another little check mark. Yeah. Look in the daylight. Uh, those are kind of our our best ones yet. Uh, yeah, they're our, our favorites. Uh, those knocks of th- that experience, we heard them probably over the course of ten minutes. Uh, it only picked up on the audio for the first minute or so. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, it's really hard, especially if you're walking around. You'll hear something and it seems loud as day, but the audio recorder just hears you moving. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot more of that than. You know, really than anything, right? Yeah, uh, there was there was a study put out uh, by the North American Wood Ape uh, Organization. Uh, they had done some studies about how sound carries through these wooded areas. Uh-huh. Uh, they did various wood knocks at distances and recorded them on various audio recorders and found that. For the most part, if you're like walking through an area making noise and you hear a knock that's loud enough uh, to be noticeable when you're, you're making all this noise, most times that whatever made that sound is going to be within one to 200 yards. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the trees, especially hills, do a good job of, of blocking out a lot of sound. <clears throat> so if you get a good solid knock whatever made that noise is going to be pretty close to you and in most wooded environments similar to what we've got here in indiana yeah kind of puts yeah. a little bit puts it a little bit more into you know perspective of like the distance in that regard right right that's crazy it's always exciting when you get this kind of action you know a lot of times I, I convince myself, especially if I'm going out by myself, that you know, nothing's going to happen. I'm just going out for a day hike. I'm going to check on some previous structures I'd seen in the areas. Uh, if I'm visiting a, an area I've been before, to see if anything's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a, a lot of the structures fall apart uh, at around the, the five-year mark. Um, some of them hang out for longer, but a lot of them start to decay and... and either become unrecognizable or right. they're just not what they were uh, within about five years or so. Um, so it's something that we've only been able to learn by going out to the same areas for, for years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that makes sense too. Yeah. but It's interesting, you know, and I try and take some of my friends out and I tell them I, I can't promise anything will happen right. except we have a good time, you know, and some of these areas, you know, 
we can show you some things that will make you question how it happened. You know, we've, we've seen some really neat structures, uh, a lot of things that just were woven in together, or the order of operations doesn't make sense. You know, like if one log fell on another, you know, you got three of them together, one falls down, the second one falls down, and the third one falls down. Well, that third one that is on top of the second one shouldn't be underneath the first one. Right. You know, if the first one is underneath the second one, it shouldn't be, you know, and we see a lot of that. Uh, especially in these areas that we have activity. So it, it's encouraging, you know? Yeah. And a lot of a lot of places we get out and you just don't see anything. You know, you might see one potential, you know, structure, but it's by itself. You know, and so a lot of times you just say, well, that's probably natural. You know, and that's it. There's nothing else. And when you get into these areas, they just look differently. I know uh, one of those uh, initial emails that you had sent, you had sent a couple of the photos as well uh, of a couple yeah. of the structures, which were really cool. Yeah, there's some neat things. Uh, I know there are people like out in Colorado and Utah that they see a lot of ginormous, extravagant things. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't see a whole lot of that here in Indiana. A lot of the structures are, are small. Um, they're, they're little things, you know, smaller than what a person is tall or, or about that height. Right. Uh, but there are a few, uh, especially when you get like two or three of the smaller ones and you start following them and follow more and more. And that's when we found all the, the big kind of crazy looking stuff is, mm-hmm. is in those areas. Yeah, I bet. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I think it would be. I think it would be a lot of fun, but I also think it would be almost I could see it being annoying at times <laughs> uh, to put it lightly you know uh, just because like you know for the sake of like you're out there you're out there for so many hours and not getting a whole lot and then somebody else can go out for a short period of time and has nothing but success right yeah I could see that uh, being a little bit of a pain so obviously you probably have a lot more patience than I do <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know but I think it'd be cool nonetheless for sure yeah, I mean, there's really not a bad day, you know, unless something happens. But you know, you're just out there getting exercise, enjoying the weather. Right, that's the best way to look at it, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, if, if you guys ever want to, to meet up sometime, I can show you some some interesting things. Not gonna not gonna convince you 100, percent but I'm gonna make you go. Well, that's that's weird. I don't know how that happened. Okay. You know, let's. We'll just put that up on the shelf. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to take you up on that. I, I definitely, I'd, I'd be down, you know, at least uh, once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I love showing people in some of these places. It's, it's really neat. It's a lot of fun. That'd be awesome. Um, and maybe, maybe we'll have something happen. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, just out of, out of curiosity, uh, do you have um, anywhere where you upload any of these audio files, videos, anything as you're you know, as you're out and about researching and everything that our listeners can go and check out? Uh, there's a couple places. Uh, there are a few like Indiana Bigfoot groups. Every once in a while, I'll post some stuff on there. Okay. Uh, but I also have a, a TikTok that I've been uploading uh, some of my shorter shorter clips of things that I've found. So awesome. Yeah, that is uh, uh, aggressive inliners. Uh, I think it's just spelled with one G though. So just like uh, the roller skating, um, TikTok aggressive inliners. I've got some some of my finds up there. We'll make sure we also include it uh, in the show notes and everything too, so that way people can Perfect. can go and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I appreciate uh, you coming on today and. You know, talking to me, uh, talking to me about it. It's, it's very neat to find that there's more than corn in Indiana. You know, that's uh, that that old saying, right? Yep, it's it's fun. So, you know, like you said, anytime uh, we can coordinate schedules, and happy to show you guys some places. Sweet, yeah. Maybe within uh, the next couple uh, couple weeks or a month or so, uh, okay. when we have a little bit of free time, I'd love to. Yeah, let me know. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you 
from the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content, behind the scenes, or just keeping up on our day to day, and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy a blanket, buy a pillow, anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.